today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. So in the meantime, I was coaching the uh, Alamo City Aztecs. I was an assistant coach with them. Um, and I know people are like, well, what's the difference? And I feel like while women are categorized as emotional, men are just as emotional, I've noticed. It's how it's handled that's a little bit different. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them, what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership on risingcoaches.com. What's up, Amber? Hey, Adam. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> so, Amber, um, same thing. We're going to kind of get your background to start off. First of all, you're, you're an assistant coach at Incarnate Word. Yes, in um, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, great city. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, st- you, you kind of have an interesting path. I was kind of reading a little bit about it. Um, you played at Rice, right? Take us take us from there. Take us from your playing career. Okay, I'm actually going to take it back a little farther. Sure. Because, um, yeah, um, you know, similar to, um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, Menelik? Menelik, yeah. Menelik. Okay, similar to his, his story, like basketball has been a, a part of my life like all my life. And it actually started, um, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was four, going on five years old. And part of my, like going through the chemotherapy process was shooting hoops in the back patio, not even a backyard, but a back patio um, with my dad. So he introduced me to basketball. And like I said, summertime at, at the Park and Rec League in Los Angeles, cause that's where I'm from. Um, to high school and, and having good success there. And then, like you said, that took me into um, Rice University. And I was actually, 
signed in the late period. So I had applied to, I think like 20 plus schools because I wasn't even sure uh, if I was gonna get a scholarship or not. Um, but Rice came through in the clutch, if you will, in, in May and I signed with them and went on to uh, play under Coach McKinney for my first three years and, and we had pretty good success. And then uh, my last year we had a new coach. So, you know, you don't always know what to expect. Uh, we just, so my junior season, we made it to the NCAA tournament uh, for the second time um, in that program history. And the following year, we got a new coach. It's my senior year. I have one, one opportunity to uh, try it again. We didn't make it, but we went to the WNIT. So three out of four years, we had an opportunity to play in the postseason. So that was exciting. Um, from there, I ended up playing overseas in Germany, Romania, and Finland. Came back, didn't really know what to do. Uh, got my master's in teaching uh, secondary and went back to LA to do that. Then got an offer to work at Rice University with Coach Williams, um, who was my coach my senior year. Uh, yeah, from there, it turned into an assistant coaching job at University of Louisiana Monroe, and then again in San Antonio at University of the Incarnate Word. Yeah, amazing, amazing story. So it's crazy. Isn't that crazy how it works? Like, uh, well, for, first of all, going back to like the origin of your love of basketball, mm -hmm. powerful stuff. I didn't, I didn't know that about you. So yeah, no, um, not many people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then like, you had a great career. But like, you know, you didn't like you were saying, you didn't have any, you didn't get signed to the late period till May. Which yeah, was super stressful. Well, um, I went to a super small school, like even though I was in Los Angeles, my graduating class was like 18 people. Where did you go to school? Uh, Pilgrim High School. Oh, okay. I went to Viewpoint and we oh, used to okay. play Pilgrim every once in a while. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it was a tiny school and the divisions in California seemed to work backwards from most other states. So we were division five. And when I started coming to Texas and telling people that, like, oh, you had such a big school. I'm like, no, no, we were tiny right. <laughs> and we're backwards. Yeah. So yeah. division one and city section are the big, big schools out there. Um, and actually funny enough, when I was getting my um, master's in teaching, you know, you have to do your um, in-service like observations and teach in the classroom and whatnot. I ended up at Fairfax High School and we'd actually played them several times for summer league type stuff. And the coach was still there and she asked me if I wanted to come help out. And that's kind of where my actual coaching journey started. So, yeah, how was that? How was starting at the high school level in Fairfax for people that don't know, like powerhouse? Yeah, that is like, <laughs> you know, the, the you know, level, what is it, Division One or? Yeah, I think they're city section, something city like section. that, because they're yeah. just huge. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> no, that was that was so much fun and a lot of learning and and uh, working with a coach who'd been there for forever. Like from when I finished graduating uh, high school, she was still there. I think she just recently retired, maybe a few years ago. Um, but I learned a lot, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, I think I'd like to do this like full time. And she said, go for it. And then Bryce had an opening and I applied. And was, it, was it a big, history. yeah, was it a big transition from, you know, the high school level to Rice 
What was your position at Rice? Were you video coordinator? I was a video coordinator. So in a sense, it was actually a big transition because uh, I couldn't do anything on the basketball court. Uh, You know, the NCAA rules. But again, I got to learn a lot about Synergy and um, helped with on-campus recruiting. And uh, it helped that I had attended Rice uh, when it came to the on-campus recruiting and having the recruits on campus. So I did appreciate that and um, Coach Williams including me and in, in things as much as he was able to um, for the NCAA rules and all that. Um, let's see. I was able to coach the um, the intramural team, so that was really fun. Nice. <laughs> um, did you play as well, player coach or just, just coach? No, I just coached. And then we had a track athlete on there, and she was our best player. It was so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a championship T-shirt from my time at Clemson for dodgeball intramurals that okay. I like to brag about every once in a while. When were you <laughs> um, at Clemson? I'm sorry. When were you at Clemson? I was there. Uh, I was a GA there from '08 to '11. So you were with Coach McKinney. Well, I was, was on the men's over that. Oh, on the men's yeah. side. Okay, I think Coach McKinney might have been there at that time. He was there, and then mm-hmm. Coach uh, Coleman came in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Y'all stole my coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry. This is not about me. This is about you, Amber. So let's get back. <laughs> um, so when you got the job at, at ULM as an assistant, going from video, now you're back on the court. Was that like, was that awesome? Was it just like amazing to be, you know, oh, yeah. coaching again, but also you're in, Monroe, Louisiana, originally from Southern California. So yeah, I imagine a little culture shock too. Um, a little bit. Um, it went from what California, uh, Los Angeles has millions of people to I think just under like a hundred thousand for Monroe, which I guess isn't tiny, tiny, but coming from big cities and even Houston, that that's so tiny. Um, so it was definitely a little bit of a culture shock and just access to different activities, you know, and food places being open, um, not as late as you would have in a big city, but you know, when you're there working and recruiting, that doesn't come into play as much. (laughs) So that was also another big transition from a video coordinator to assistant coach was uh, the recruiting, the off-campus recruiting aspect of it and just the travel and with a budget where you are driving a lot more um that was uh, an adjustment yeah for sure but again being from la yeah. driving, you're used to being in a car <laughs> um okay so i read this on your bio so after monroe mm-hmm. you coached minor league baseball no, 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 not baseball. It was... <laughs> okay. Did so, I read that wrong or is it a typo? I think there's a typo in your bio. No, it's, it's MLBA. Okay, um, okay. So, yeah, it seems like it would be major league, but it was a minor league um, basketball association. So that makes a semi, lot Yeah, yeah, a semi-pro um, men's team here in San Antonio. So that was um, another experience that I got to uh, have coaching because I wasn't actually coaching... <clears throat> women's basketball at that time I'd moved down here and I worked at uh, GM financial in collections that, that I got cursed out on the phone my first time out of training training <laughs> uh, so that was a fun experience and then from there I went to a charter 
high school and then I got back to UIW. So in the meantime, I was coaching the uh, Alamo City Aztecs. I was an assistant coach with them. Um, and I know people are like, well, what's the difference? And I feel like while women are categorized as emotional, men are just as emotional, I've noticed. It's how it's handled that's a little bit different. <laughs> and now, a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As off-season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment. At Rising Coaches, we highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, it incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at drdishbball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. And now, back to Jeremy Grow. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, like, they might go at each other and then kind of, like, let it go. Or some of the conversations they have with each other are just you know, more intense. And, but at the end of the day, they're trying to play basketball, I think is their focus. Um, so they don't like pout about stuff as much is what I've noticed, but the emotions are there. They're definitely there. <laughs> We're just good at com- uh, compartmentalizing. I think. I guess so. <laughs> um, so what was it like being out of like college coaching and being like in the corporate world for a couple of years? Uh, it was strange. Um, you're like collections, you're like tied to that desk. Um, voicemail after voicemail. I mean, people don't want to hear or don't want to get phone calls about money that they owe. Uh, so on the one hand, it was tough, but I guess it helped with uh, communication as well. And <clears throat> I think the high school side really helped with that, um, being at that charter school. And seeing that, particularly uh, some of the kids that I was working with, how much of behavior issues are a symptom of something behind the scenes. So it's a defensive mechanism, it's uh, anger, it's sadness, it's hurt, but it comes off in disrespectful ways. And I think the kids are trying to protect themselves so that was a huge learning experience. When you when you get to like sit and talk with the kids and learn like what's going on behind the scenes, you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> For sure. Let's yeah. try to move this way in this setting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you use that like experience all the time yeah. in like everyday life and in coaching, right? Yeah, I mean, it applies to everything because behavior is symptom, in my opinion, and experience. Behavior is, sim- I got to write that down. Say that again. <laughs> the behavior is the symptom. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so how long have you been at Incarnate Word now? May 15th, started my second year. Okay, nice, yep. congrats. And, and we haven't been, been Division One too long. Um, I think they went Division One 14, 15, like in that time frame. Um, before we got there, they were 5 and 24. And then last season, we... We had a really good season, like for the program as a division one, like part of the history and having a double digit win season, making it to the conference tournament, 
for the first time and then having it canceled before you get to play. But, you know, that was devastating to, to see our players. Yeah, for know, sure. They worked so hard it? throughout the season, but we understand. Absolutely. It sounds like you guys are really building it and, and building it the right way, which I'm yeah. sure. <clears throat> Yeah, it's going to be interesting next year. We have uh, quite a few new people, freshmen and, and JUCO kids. So the summer would have been helpful for that. <laughs> for sure. So what's your, tell us like your ultimate goal and maybe not even like ultimate, ultimate, but like, you know, short-term goal as well. Next five years, where do you want to be in like 20 years where you want to be? <laughs> oh boy, next five years. I'm sure I'll still be here for um, a little bit. I think me and my head coach have a good relationship and everything. So um, we work pretty well together. Um, something that keeps entering my mind is sports psychology. I took a few classes when I was at Rice and it just has a huge impact on me. So maybe in 20 years, I'll be doing something in sports psychology or performance psychology. Oh, wow. That's great. But so, at some point, I'd like to be Dr. Cunningham. So that's a whole other path. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, do you have aspirations of being a head coach? Like, what's your next, like, coaching stop? You, whether it's, you know, like, again, 10 years from now or, like, 10 months from now, what do you want that to be? Do you want to be, like, a, a head coach of your own program? Do you want to try to be an assistant at a higher level, um, lower level? You know, what? what's your thoughts on that? open to a couple of things because I really have only uh, coached under one head coach. So even being an assistant coach with a, a different coach, um, I'm open to head coaching obviously would be an awesome opportunity. Um, not hung up on the level necessarily either with that, um, with, with head coaching or the assistant coach, just good opportunity. Kind of like how Heather Macy talks about a lot, you know, Yeah, yeah. The, the opportunities and what those opportunities can lead to. So for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, Amber, great job. Thank uh, you for having me. A little bit more about you. <laughs> um, well, I want to do this. I want to open it up. If anybody has questions for either uh, Eric or Amber, um, feel free to unmute yourself and, and ask away. Um, but yeah, again, great job, Amber and great job, Eric. Any questions from anybody before we let these two go about their day? I ain't no questions. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, you did such a great job that you've left everybody speechless, uh, which is great. Um, so again, th thanks again for doing this, both of you guys, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's been it'll be beneficial and people get a chance to know you a little bit more and. Uh, anything we can do to promote you guys is, is what we're all about. So hopefully this helps. Well, thank you for hosting this and thank you everyone for uh, tuning in. Yeah, appreciate Congrats. it, everybody. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. 
Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.